Hey, it's Julie Pilot from the Idea Fountain. As we're in the last few days before the election, I know for me, when the world feels overwhelming, making a difference locally always grounds me. Ever since moving to Los Angeles, I've volunteered in South Central and it's truly changed my life. We've talked about it before in episodes focused on a place called home, like when we interviewed the founder, Deborah Constance, or one of the most popular episodes of the Idea Fountain, an interview with Sister Pat, whom I call a gangsta nun. She's been involved with a place called home since the early days. They had one other partner in crime. Her name is Huli. Juliana Wells is a part of Youth Mentoring and for 16 years has hosted an October girls retreat at Big Bear for underserved youth. As with many things, COVID-19 has put the retreat on pause. I've gone almost every single year. My heart is broken not being with our girls. So we all got together, some of my favorite mentors, my favorite mentees, to reminisce about the magic at the mountain. Before we jump into the interview, a couple pieces of housekeeping. One, you should sign up for the Idea Fountain newsletter at juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T.co. We'll tell you about everything coming up, your chance to attend live tapings, and how you can get involved in the community. If you like the Idea Fountain conversations we're having, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help get the word out to more people. And you can follow us at the Idea Fountain on Instagram. With that, here's my girls. I-E-E-A-F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N. This is the Idea Fountain. Life-changing conversations. Before we kick it off, uh, I want to bring everybody into the room. I'm going to go to the right. Britt. Hi. <laughs> uh, Britt Portlock. I live in the South Bay of Los Angeles. Are you mentoring Girls Retreat? We'll go on to the birthday girl, Victoria. Hey. I live in Echo Park, Los Angeles. Okay, perfecto. And Kat Cannon. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, and I live in Mid-City, Los Angeles. Uh, Alexis. Hi, um, my name is Alexis, and I live South Central, yes. Welcome. And Jasmine. Hi, everyone. I'm currently in well wait what was the question i'm in south central right now just as alexis okay cool so good having our girls you want to try one more time Catherine? can you guys hear me yeah uh i'm in the valley and i'm a part of the hbo program thanks to this lovely lady who has wrapped me around her pinky finger and i will do whatever she asks me to do kathy i mean it's so fantastic. Okay, so Huli, today uh, you are in the hot seat. I'm going to um, ask you a bunch of questions about the girls retreat and the mentoring program. And then uh, really what we do every single year is such a rich experience. I want to open it up to the whole group uh, for a bit of a discussion about how it's impacted them, what they've seen, and, and really talk about how people can get involved. And hopefully we don't scare them off too much. Well, but, but first, um, Huli, I, I mentioned Deborah Constance 
to kick this off. I know she played an integral role of you starting your career in youth work. Um, I love, I mentioned a second ago, nobody is just one thing, right? Like um, there's a lot of gray area where a lot of times that's where mentoring lives, right? Well, will you explain how you knew Deborah and how you got started doing youth work? Yeah, that woman is a hurricane of love. And uh, I actually moved to LA to become rich and famous. And that didn't quite work out the way I imagined it. Uh, but who knew that I was actually going to find uh, my purpose. And, uh, and it was all thanks to Deborah. You know, I, uh, I offered my volunteering to her from, you know, my kindness and my uh, thinking that I was just being so altruistic. And uh, we went to South Central and uh, we did like yoga for kids at Jefferson High School. And uh, I just sort of like, it hit me. I was like, oh, wait, this is important. And, you know, I was still sort of working through what I wanted to do. And uh, it, it, um, it became my life. It became everything I wanted to do, everything I wanted to be. And it is the most um, selfish work in the world. I do this because every day I get to experience miracles and I get to share the company of amazing women and men who want to change the world one relationship at a time. And uh, I never looked back. I, uh, 27 years later, I'm still doing youth work. I know you're saying, how could she be so young? Uh, but it is, it is, um, it's the kids actually that do this to me. And, uh, you know, when I start working and mentoring, it really, it started healing the little girl in me that didn't get to be a part of uh, a healthy parental experience. And, you know, living with fear and living with questions and living with, you know, dread most of the time, when I saw these incredible relationships that were developing, I knew I had found what I was supposed to do. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's the true joy of my life. So I like to say that I'm rich in my heart and I'm famous in the hood. So there it is. Well, and Huli, you know, for the Idea Fountain, I only interview people that have changed my life. And you're definitely in that on that list because I love one of the taglines for mentoring is uh, mentoring change two lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody comes out to uh, volunteer and they think they're putting their angel wings on to go give back and then they get blindsided and suddenly they're reevaluating their whole life. Yep. It's, it's been known to happen. It's been known to happen that we have mentors that decide that they want to become uh, a youth worker and uh, it happens and it happened to me. I mean, that, that's exactly what happened to me. And I love to be able to explain to somebody that is maybe a little trepidatious about joining or, you know, and I'm, I, I just say, you are going to 
not only change your uh, a mentee's life, which you will undoubtedly, but it changes you fundamentally. You you get to experience the world in a completely different way. You see what's happening, you know, 20 minutes away, and it humbles you, and it makes you really reevaluate re what's important in your life, and uh, and how you can contribute uh, to just. You know, one person, there's a ripple, right? So if you're changing or helping or being a part of a young person's life, that has a ripple in his or her own family and in the community. And it just keeps growing from there. And the same with mentors. You know, I know that uh, there have been many mentors who came in fearful and, you know, ooh, kids, ooh, South Central, you know. And then they go, oh, wait, these are amazing young people. And South Central is a wonderful community that has raised incredible young people along the way. And it's full of joy. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's home. It really is. And so I, I'm just crazy privileged to be able to do this work because it certainly changed my life. I love that cliche, like 90% of it is just showing up. It is. There's so many people, I think, that think they need to plan something or have a program that they're going to give back or teach something. But I, I think this is a good transition. So much of it is just showing up and seeing people. Yes. Yes. It's uh -huh. a good time to, to say Sawabona, we got a couple more people in the room. Look at this. Nova and Verena just joined. All of you are my faves. Do you want to talk about Sawabona and what that of means? Of course, of course, of course. Uh, so Youth Mentoring Connection has no shame in borrowing from uh, indigenous cultures from across the world. It is so filled with knowledge and wisdom and old wisdom. And so uh, uh, one of our uh, founders mentors, Michael Mead, uh, spoke to him about uh, these young people who came from um, the Sudan and there was war and there was these horrible um, displacement of young people and the, I mean, the things that they had to survive to eventually make it to America was unbelievable. And in the course of getting to know them, they, um, they taught him that in um, their homeland in, in Africa, and I bet, believe it's a Zulu word, and it can mean different things, like um, aloha can mean different things, but in the use of we, the way that we use it, it's saubona, which means I see you. It's so simple, right? And it's so, it, it, okay, I admit, I thought it was a little cheesy when we first started doing it. And um, the response is yabo saubona. And uh, that's where the magic happens. That's where we, um, let young people know that by letting us see them, um, that we're going to be earning their trust. So Sabona means I see you, Yabo Sabona means I see you seeing me. And, and uh, I think they all look at us like, okay, sure. But 
by the end of a program session, they get it. They get that we're not there to judge them or to tell them what they're doing wrong or to, you know, uh, the world is taking care of that. There's enough people who are ready to be like, nope, you'll never do this. You'll never make it here. Stop doing that. And guess what? We get to um, be uh, the one place that they get to be like, yep, you're everything. Do it. And we're going to see you all the way through and you're going to fall down and we're going to love you and it's going to be an adventure. Uh, but don't be afraid to mess up and don't be afraid to be yourself because that's who we want. We want you. We don't want the ambassador of who you are um, because you know what? We all are messy, right? I mean, we all have stories and, and I think that's one of the reasons that our, our approach is so incredibly powerful because um, we don't pretend to be anything but who we are. I mean, I think you're getting the flavor here. I mean, these incredible women are raw and beautiful and powerful. And, you know, some of us have fallen down more often than others. <laughs> but uh, as long as we get to keep picking ourselves up and allowing others to sort of let us lean on them and let us grow um, in our own ways. It's, uh, it's the most healing thing we can do for each other. It's truly see each other and just not try to fix us. Don't try to fix anybody, by the way. Just I think that's really important. And before we dive into what Youth Mentoring does every single year with the retreat, and the magic of going up the mountain, what, what you were just saying, don't try to fix us, right? Like show up, we see you, all of your perfections. Will you talk a little bit about the philosophy that youth mentoring carries? Um, maybe it's derivative of a Rumi quote. Maybe. The gift lays next to the wound. What exactly does that mean? And how have you seen it show up? So, I think one of the, the things that really drew me in uh, into doing this work fully in the way that we do is that we, and I say this and then I forget that people don't actually get what I'm saying, but uh, we run towards the roar, right? There is a, there's an old story about how um, wounded lions um, will sit on one side of the field or hide in the bushes and they will roar towards whatever um, uh, prey they're trying to get so that the prey runs the other way into the mouths of the lions who are able to take down the prey. And so what we say is run towards the roar. Don't be afraid of the roar, right? Just Allow yourself to look at those wounds. Allow yourself to talk about the wounds. And, and there are young women that held on to that pain and that, that open gaping wound for so long and hit it and hit it and hit it. And then they came to us and suddenly it was okay. You know, um, I'm very, very much um, open. <laughs> Probably the TMI of mentoring is me. If you look up, it's a, uh, but, oh my, oh, sorry. 
there is Alicia and Verena. I love you both so much. Oh my God. We got, we got some OG girls retreat girls in the house. So we'll, we'll, we'll be talking to them in a minute. Yeah. Okay, I'll shut up. Um, so um, this, is, this is the philosophy, right? I think so many youth workers and, and other mentoring programs, and they do amazing work. I have no shade on any other mentoring program because thank God there's mentoring. Uh, but we, our philosophy and approach is we take risks because we want to let them know that we'll do whatever it is that, that needs to be done. And the risk is that they will let us see them, that they will eventually, if not right away, and that's fine. We wait. I have all the time in the world. But I see that wound. I see that pain. I see that behind those eyes, there is a story of grief and pain and fear and nobody's ever let them know that it's okay to talk about it, right? Because parents or, or the abuser or the, the, the bully or the teacher, whatever it is, will tell them, don't share this. This is not for everybody to know. And then you do. And suddenly there's a, there, there's an opening to healing, right? Uh, one of my favorite, I think it's Hemingway, uh, says uh, we're strongest in the places that we're broken. Mm. And, and for me, that is so important because once we start dealing with it, right? Once we start healing and talking and not avoiding, and you know what? We'll slip back and be like, nope, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'll just move along. Um, but it's always there until you deal with it. It's going to keep you from being your true self and really uh, allowing the gifts that you have to shine through because we have to uncover all that. Can I curse? <laughs> well, no, no. Look who's hanging out with Nova. Oh, look at the, no, never. Hi girls. Thank you. Oh my, mwah. So we just get to uncover all that stuff that we piled on to our wounds so that then they can really see how gifted and wonderful they are. Because sometimes it's that gift that helps us survive whatever it is that we have to survive, right? So for me, a lot of it was humor. I, I, it, I love to laugh and I love to make other people laugh as well. Um, but I also, I'm not afraid to love people. And I will love them until they love themselves or they love me eventually, most of them. Um, but it's, it's, that, it's that unrelenting um, commitment to our youth that changes lives. Well, and I have to, I have to acknowledge how powerful it is uh, the work that youth mentoring does and how different it is from a lot of organizations for two reasons. I think one similar to the Hemingway quote you were saying, there's that Japanese art form, Kintsugi, yes. right? Where the, if in Japan, if something like a vase or a plate gets broken, instead of throwing it away, they repair it with gold right? So it becomes even more valuable. And I think the work that happens every single year on the girls retreat, um, 
you know, is that repair and it's making people more valuable. And then the second, the second thing I think is so important about youth mentoring is there are a lot of youth organizations in Los Angeles that will take cute pictures of an eight-year-old and put it on their brochure, right? But a lot of the youth that youth mentoring has taken in are some of the toughest cases, right? And I always joke that, you know, if you have, and this isn't everybody, but if you have a gang member and a pregnant 14-year-old, there's not a lot of cute pictures of them to get people in Beverly Hills to donate. But youth mentoring really does the deepest work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We don't, we don't shy away from the kids that need us the most. And, and it's, um, for me, the harder they are, the harder I fall. It just, it's that, because that's, that's who needs to be loved the most, right? That hard shell, that anger, that, you know, uh, reactionary, just lashing out or whatever it is, or, you know, uh, disassociating themselves from society and going against and just, that is just a, a place where, you did not get enough love to know your value. And that's not a judgment on the family or the community. It's just the circumstances sometimes of parents working two or three jobs and, and they don't get to you know, be as involved as they wanna be with their, with their young people. Being born into a gang, I mean, there, there's not a lot of options after that, right? Because that's, that's who you are. That's who you're made to be. And no matter what, if you remember being a kid, remember when you're 15, it's not so fun, right? There's a lot happening. There's hormones raging. There is gossip. There are problems with parents and the school teacher hates me. And, you know, I didn't get this done and I'm not wearing the right clothes. I mean, there's a lot, right? And so when you understand that no matter where you came from or what, what, background you have that's holds true for everyone and we can meet you there we can meet you in the places that you felt awkward or you felt angry or you felt abandoned there's so much abandonment uh, that you start allowing them to be who they are and tell their story and to start loving themselves enough to want to change or not you know that's the thing I'm not going to fix you. You're going to make your choices and I'm going to be here for that. That's all it is. And the, 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 there's, there's frustration from mentors that don't get that instant connection, you know, and that they can mentor somebody and they're ready and they're going to tutor them and they're going to go to college and they're going to, which is great. But kids don't want that. Adults don't want that. Most of the time, you just want to listen. You just, what? Oh, right. Just listen. Listen to me. Let me be. And, uh, and then we, we let our mentors know walking on the path with them is the most important thing. The only way to screw up mentoring is by not showing up. That's, yeah. like, that's like the fundamental. If you show up and the kid doesn't talk to you for nine months, that you made a huge difference in that kid's life because you showed up for them. 
Yeah. And let them know that they were valued and that they have, um, they're worth showing up for. I think it's really important. A lot of people want to give back, but they just don't know what to do. And there's probably a huge part of my community and the idea found the audience that is familiar with the girls retreat because every single October when we go up and again, this year there is a gaping hole in our heart because we're not experiencing it. But every single year to get ready, I usually send out a list of everything we need going up to Big Bear Mountain for three, four days with, I don't know, about 50 people. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll send out a list. We need sleeping bags, warm clothes, toothpaste, flashlights, and people come out in droves to donate. And uh, it really means a lot. You know, I've had people uh, hand make blankets for the event, hoodies. Last year, we got all of those journals. Today, we're going to talk about the magic that happens at the mountain and uh, really give people a taste of what goes on there. I think it's important to, for people to know it's not a field trip. No. It's not an offsite. No. This is, this is really an intense, thought out, programmed initiation. Huli, uh, will you talk about the genesis of the world, the girls' retreat and? Um, what the three parts to an initiation are? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just have to acknowledge there are all these mentors here and I just adore you. And um, we couldn't do this without you. Uh, it's, it's for me, um, well, I brought the retreat with me. This is uh, one of the ritual rooms that uh, we created for one of our retreats. And uh, it demonstrates how important it is to create a space, to actually create a container uh, for our young people. So the genesis of the retreat came from, from us observing that our young people were not getting initiated into adulthood in the way that was necessary. And that it, it seems like such a um, old fashioned kind of idealism but the truth is is that nobody teaches us how to be women or or how to get through um, adolescence or what it means to be a woman or what it means to be a young woman Uh, and that isn't necessarily what we focus on we're not trying to make perfect young ladies with etiquette and you know uh, we're we're creating that container for our young women, our young women to face those wounds and feel safe enough to start the process of healing. Once they tell their story, that's just the beginning. That's just the, the initial step of like, you know how if you're an alcoholic, you have to acknowledge there's a problem. This is, this is that first step. And we saw so many of our young women in our sessions, and in particular in ECHO, uh, that were crying out for, for somebody, a community, to, to allow them to um, ask questions and be 
confused and be able to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's fine, right? And we get to just be like, yep, that's okay. Because who does? Who knows? Um, nobody comes with an a, a instruction book. God knows I didn't. Look what happened to me. Uh, but the magic is, number one, we have the best staff that help really uh, create this, uh, this journey for our young women. And it is such a, um, uh, an intentional journey uh, of, um, oh my God, I'm seeing all these faces that I'm dying to say hello to, uh, that has three parts. So initiation, um, you know, you can follow it in, in uh, The Hero's Journey. Uh, Joseph Campbell wrote a book uh, called The Hero's Journey, which really lets you know about what, what it takes, the journey of initiation and what it's all about. But primarily, there are three parts. The first part is separation, right? So if you think of tribes that are initiating young men, they take them into uh, a different place in, in the community or in a different location to separate them from the women and the men uh, initiate them in a separate environment. Um, and so we, we start that journey by separating our young women um, into our space, into our, um, our community. And we take them to Big Bear, right? So many of our young people have never been to Big Bear and they look up in the sky and what was it, two years ago or something? A girl looked up into the sky. She's like, oh, <laughs> she, she had never seen that many stars. It actually startled her to see that many stars. Um, and, and, and so some come and they're like, what did I get myself involved with? Um, and we have to reassure everybody and this is true all forever we are not uh, trying to impose a religion we're not you know a cult we are we are we are a community that shares experiences from different uh cultures and the healing that they offer so the separation happens right so thursday night 50 girls grumpy girls come because they're tired and they've been on this bus and they've been to school and they have luggage and you know, we know what we're getting. Right. So we greet them and we play drums and we give them chocolate or uh, hot chocolate. That wasn't very good a couple of years, but we try. Um, and then we, um, we offer them uh, a way of welcoming them either by song or poem, because we've got amazing poets in our community. And uh, yeah, they're right there, yep. And uh, it's, it's they, we let them know this is different. This is, you're in a different place. This is initiation. You just walk through the threshold of initiation. Um, and uh, then we inform them about what the retreat is gonna be about. Uh, a little bit, we don't go too deep into it, but we do have agreements that we have so everybody feels safe. And then we bring them into our ritual room, which is, this is a beautiful example of. 
uh, and, again. And, and Huli, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you really quick. Okay. Because I, I want to, we have so many different uh, OGs from the Girls yeah. Street on here, and I wanna bring everybody in. Um, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the ingredients that go into the recipe for magic at the girls retreat in just a minute. You already started talking about some of them, like the ritual oh, yeah. room and the agreements. But just really quick, what are the three phases? Okay, of sorry, I get so into oh, it. Separation, okay. challenge, challenge, and reintegration or celebration. So, okay. yeah. So that's the journey challenge and then reintegration so so when we we talk about separation okay now this is where everybody's mic's gonna come off i i would just like to run through some of the ingredients i don't know if this is gonna work of the retreat but uh i'd like to hear um what this triggers for some people and i'd like to hear why it's important um so first of all, why is separation important? Change of venue. Are you asking me? I'll, I'll let you take that one. Oh, okay. I'm like, wait, wait. Uh, well, because when you are in, oh, and we take phones too. That's fun. So we have to be able to have the young women be present and open to a different experience. And if they're uh, home or they're in their communities, there is a lot of distractions, right? That, that can keep them from really truly being present. And they have to feel that this is different. This is a different time. This is a different location. This is a different environment. This is a different vibe. And that way we get them to be completely present in what we are offering them and they get to be present with their friends and um and they get to sort of start realizing that that this is going to be intense but it's going to be that it's important and so we start opening up those doors at the at the uh separation stage of this um and and i love that you talked about the little container <laughs> And this is going to work great for a podcast because it's visual, but we'll post a picture. Huli has as her background a picture of from one of the treats, the rich retreat. Wow, from one <laughs> of the retreats, the ritual room that we decorated. Nova was taught, shouting it out in the chat. She couldn't believe the ritual room. Nova, what experience do you remember from? Um, why does a ritual room matter? And what's it like putting that whole thing together? Hey everyone, uh, the ritual room, it's, uh, Huli said it, it's the container, it's the place to go that I can leave and hold space for and honor and then step away from um, hurts and wounds and grief. And I can have the understanding there and I don't have to take it to mealtime or crafts or archery, like it just lives there. And it's not a heavy thing. It's just, um, it's a fragile place and mm -hmm. it's, it's beautiful and it's intentional. And um, as lovely as it looks with all the lighting and color, it's the most beautiful when we're all, when we're all in there. 
we all sit in a circle and uh, normally somebody has a touchstone or a talking stick when it's their turn. And that's where people share their stories. Maida, I'm gonna call on you. Um, special guest Maida, checking in <laughs> from Chicago, I believe, right? You're still yes, in Chicago. I, am. I still am. <laughs> um, when it comes to sharing your story or writing poetry at the girls' retreat, um, what have you seen and why is that so powerful? What have I seen and why is it so powerful? Um, I think there's a, there's a quote that we used to use um, at Street Poets. Um, I, I think, I don't know if it was a Maya Angelou quote. I can't, I can't, you can't quote me on that. We have to look it up. It's something, there's, there's no greater weight than the, than the weight of an untold story. Mm. Like there's, no, there's nothing heavier than the weight of an un, untold story. Um, and so I think, you know, for, for, for a lot of the young women who attend the retreat, um, you know, there's, there's a portion of the weekend where we have them journal and we might give them different prompts and they write and then they go around and they share. And for some of them, it's the first time um, that they've shared some of these stories. And so it's a really powerful process to not only write something down and see what you can, what you can make out of your experiences and the things that have happened to you, but then to have it witnessed by a room full of people, you know, to have it witnessed by a room full of your peers, of friends, um, sometimes of strangers, because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the young women are, are meeting other young girls there for the first time. Um, and also to have it, you know, witnessed by a room full of mentors and women who, who have, who are, might be in a place where they've, they've been able to overcome some of the challenges that, you know, some of these young women might share and talk about. Um, it's just a really powerful process to, to facilitate and to be a part of and, and to witness. So I think it's, I, you know, having, having worked with young people for, for so long and, and watched young people share their stories for, for the first time in, you know, in front of a room full of people. I don't, I don't think there's anything, I haven't seen anything more transformational than, than watching somebody share their story for the first time and having it affirmed by, and witnessed and affirmed by a room full of people. It's intense. And Victoria, yeah. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call on you, birthday girl Victoria. Hey, hey, How hey. important is Kleenex at the retreat? <laughs> you know, you can never have too many Kleenexes. <laughs> I, I think you know. I've had. I've been on a mental health journey for. I feel like my whole life, but have really been digging deep in the past few years, and. Um, I have done outside of this retreat, I have done other retreats and spiritual journeys, um, you know, healing medicines from ancient um, indigenous people. And there's always a purge part of uh, the experience and the ceremony. Um, and the tissues at our youth mentoring retreat is very much a, you know, precursor clue to the purge that's going to happen in the healing process that happens up on the mountain. So, um, I usually let the kids take the tissues and I'll just get my, get my sleeve or my sweater, but it's, I mean, it's critical and just, I don't know. It wasn't until you just mentioned it that I realized now just how symbolic tissues are and, 
you know, after they're used, it's like people think it's gross, but now I'm going to look at a tissue and I'm going to be like, damn, that is something that somebody needed to get out. It was a toxic, you know, a dark energy that was within them that we were able to help expel for them. I mean, not even us, actually. It's them being able to finally allow themselves to expel that from, you know, their spirit, their soul, and their body. So, you know, if Kleenex want to plug this, um, you know, Idea Fountain podcast, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, as um, in general, am not a person that loves to sit in sadness, right? I mean, I don't know that anybody loves to sit in sadness, but um, I'm a bit of an activator. Cooley said we don't fix people, but I'm an optimist and like want to try to get to things getting better quick. And I have a um, girls retreat confession right now that I'm going to make. One of my ingredients to the girls retreat that is really sacred to me is I am always first to raise my hand to go on a Kmart run. <laughs> And I've got to shout out my girl Fatima too, because she usually goes with me because things get really intense at the retreat, right? It's like emotions, 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 vulnerability. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and we'll walk up and down the aisles of Kmart and like get things we don't need and buy junk food. And that is just my little shopping therapy. Okay, I have a few more of these. I'm going to go. I, I don't want everybody to make it seem like we're just miserable all weekend. Uh, Danny, um, I know that art therapy is really important to you and being creative. What do you have to say? Or are there any like crafts or things you've done at the retreat that have really stuck with you? And why did that matter? Um, well, it's interesting because we just jumped off, uh, Jamie's and Maida just jumped off of a, a workshop uh, that we did for our school district. And it was amazing. We also had very young participants. I mean, we're talking like first grader, second grader, third, and, and the most powerful poem that we had was from this third grade girl, which was amazing. Um, and you know, you know what it was? It's so, it's so interesting because we've had Maida and Jay and we've had Rhythm Arts Alliance and Street Poets with, with a Youth Mentoring Connection up there every year. And for me, it, it's huge because what happens is it, it's the icebreaker. It's the, it's the, I've got all of this emotions and, and I've got this anxiety and this fear and everything that you can just, you've had down, you know, down away from the mountain at home and you bring it up and you're like, what do I do with this? Right? You, 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 you've carried it, you've bottled it up. And what happens is when we bring in the, you know, the poetry or we bring in making masks or putting together a, a you know, a, a broken cup, right? And put it together, it, it, it releases and what they've got inside and puts it into something that becomes manageable in a sense. Mm. And it becomes something that can be shared. And it becomes something that, you know, 
creates this community of understanding and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes tangible, right? And, it, and, and you, you kind of taken it from the inside and put it out. And it always, and I, I guess maybe that's why I'm so passionate right now about the arts and bringing it to school and really focusing on it and all these workshops that I've been working on in this past week is it's so important right now, right? It's so important because we're all just by ourselves. We're, we're, we're in this COVID pandemic with everything happening around us just seems like things are falling apart. And it's like, what do you do with it? And how do you get to cope? How do you release? And I just feel like this, this is part of the art. And this is, you know, why it's so important and what, what street poets and, and Rhythm Arts Alliance and, and anybody that brings art into this, this work, it's, just, it's right now for me is magical. Yeah. And, sorry, Danny. Louie, do you want to say something about that? Yeah, I just uh, definitely, thank you, Danny. You're so on point with that. Um, and we could not do this without Street Poets. Street Poets has been our partner for as long as we've had the retreat. Uh, and this is the first time in 16 years that we haven't had a retreat. Um, so it, it is sorely missed, but uh, Janice and Maida and uh, Nova, God love you. But um, See, Noah just is awesome, so I just bring her in no matter what. Uh, but uh, Maida and her powerful poetry is just, it breaks down walls like nobody's business. And then Janice is so close to these young women, and she is so raw and pure in what she expresses. It just, it melts you. It just allows you to just be like, yep, I'm up pool of messiness and uh and it allows us to tell our story and rhythm arts alliance and ninda was there the other day oh my god i miss her so yeah art is a hundred percent necessary and it's the balance right it's all the balance it, it's the dance of like yep we're going there but then we're going to pick you back up and we're going to tell your soul that you can do anything and you're going to be able to express that either through song or drumming or poetry or, you know, creating necklaces, um, which is a favorite thing that we get to do for guardian angels, which is a whole other phase of what we do. <laughs> right, Jay? Really quick, I've got three more ingredients I'm gonna shout out. Janice, how important are the individual cabins and why? Oh, okay. I think the individual cabins are important, but I feel like there's just a sisterhood built um, amongst all the girls in all the cabins. So I think it is one thing to like be in a uh, on top of a bunk with with another girl, and that's that that bond that that happens. But overall, I just think like the sisterhood that happens is is the important part. Yeah, it's really, it's really great. I think you're right, Janice, when um, sometimes when we're in the ritual room and everybody's sharing with the big group and there's like, you know, 50 to 70 people there, somebody may not be ready to let it go. But when you go back to the smaller group, the individual cabin and the sisterhood, that might be the time where you feel safe to talk. Yeah, and the check-ins that happen in, in those rooms 
um, are different because it is a smaller circle you get to hear more like the quiet voices who don't feel ready to speak in that larger circle um, yeah. And then Verena and Alicia, I'm going to give you the last two. You decide who takes what. Uh, what should people know about the ropes course? And what should people know about the snacks at the retreat? Uh, um, the ropes course. <laughs> um, it's a... Uh, it's an experience like the overall retreat itself. Um, we go to the ropes course the day after it's the cry night. Um, so people have been up all night, stuffy nose. They just release um, things that they need to get off their chest. And what better way to step into that new power you gain by pushing yourself. Um, it, it's, it's just dope. Like you have, the sisterhood continuing with letting people know like it's all right you're going to make it you can get up there um we don't push too but you're not forced to go up there but um yeah it's just dope like just to have that extra step of sisterhood and pushing you and stepping into that new power that you just um obtained by you know shaking off those demons or some of those demons and alicia how much does food matter at the retreat the comfort food the snacks <laughs> um well i think i'm gonna make sure you hear me i think that um food is just kind of a vessel for like um everything like when you eat when you're happy when you're sad when you are um, nervous and so we go through all those emotions and more at the retreat and i feel like we um it breaks down barriers as well and it makes people more comfortable with just breaking bread with, with young with other young women, women that they may not know. Mm. And um, it makes everyone happy. And I think that also too, a lot of the times in um, the communities that we serve, you know, we don't have an abundance of just like crazy snacks, you know, um, in your household or like these weird combinations that like Huli is conjuring up. Not weird, <laughs> but like, you know, um, a lot of our girls doesn't eat, you know, tzatziki or, you know, or get snap peas or pickled popcorn, you know. So <laughs> those are all things that come in and it kind of opens up. It expands your world a little bit more as well. And it makes you just more comfortable. I think that um, it definitely would not be the same without the snacks. I love it. I didn't even do that on purpose to give the snack question to uh, from the real Bonnies, uh, who, congratulations, is about to pop. Yes. A baby and looking great. All right. Thank you. So those are just some of the ingredients and the magic of the retreat. And I'm curious, Alexa, Alexis, and Jasmine, what are, what are a couple of your favorite things about the retreat? Um, oh, I don't know if Alexa is going to go, but honestly, the whole entire retreat is like just amazing. And there's so many little details that wouldn't explain how like amazing the feeling is being around everybody and just feeling so welcomed by everyone and just knowing that it's a safe space. Like I can go on and on about the retreat. It's just so much. That's awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on the idea fountain. Alexis, can you talk it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was turning some, I was turning my headphones off because they're not. Okay, go and do your thing. Okay. Um, the retreat, my favorite part is the ride up, because you're just, 
with your your little group and you're talking amongst yourself and then when you get to the actual retreat you like build bonds and relationships with other people that you had no idea you would connect with or you had things in common with and then on the ride down you're like switch up your seats sometime you sit with new people conversate about things like you want to do on the way back and it's just to me the bonds is the best part out of the whole tree it's just one big adventure yeah and you were in the best cabin last year right yep <laughs> my best buddy right there julie <laughs> what were we, the, were we the phoenixes yes that's yeah. right woo, woo. Uh, i think i'm even i'm wearing orange how appropriate that was our color last year team lotus represent saying they were just in bloom and Echo Park Lake thinking y'all every day and the party cat of the diamond okay I I have some prompts and I'll have one person take each of these um oh we got Britt back from the party cabin too she got exiled from zoom I think for a minute maybe the connection was was but it's so good to see you Britt um okay anybody jump in I was inspired when Kathy rung the bell. I'll <gasps> never forget when Kathy rung the bell. It was it was a very intense emotional night and we did the ropes course and to see so climbing what a 40, 50, 100,000 foot wall. Uh, she was climbing. I want to say it was Kathy and Zara. They were yeah. climbing together in tandem and the one wouldn't yeah. Kathy would not leave without the other like Bell was at the top, the one was not going without the other. And yes, it was the physical act we were witnessing, but we also knew the mental fight that was happening because we had context from what had been shared the night before. So it was, I was more, more than cheering her to ring the bell. It was to be out of her own head, to move past the fears, the doubts. Like we knew what she was fighting. And when she rang that bell, like it just, it, she did it for all of us. And I'll never, ever forget it. Yeah. Yeah, they say what happened in the retreat, mm -hmm. the retreat, but this is a positive one. Uh, Zara is a tiny little thing, and <laughs> she climbed the rock wall and was trying to get to the top, but the steps and where you put your feet, like her little legs just weren't reaching it, and she wouldn't give up. And she was up there in that harness for like 30, 40 minutes, and then another mentee, Kathy, decided to scale up and there was this moment where Kathy yelled, Zara, grab or put your foot on my leg because she couldn't reach the little thing. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, she put her foot on the leg, got up, they rang the bell together and got down and all of us were sobbing, crying. And so I was like, nobody's ever been there for me like that in my life. And so, yeah, I, I was inspired by that. Yeah. Um, hardest? moment you've ever or the hardest you've ever laughed oh 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 <laughs> so without going into too many details i can already see Huli grabbing her face uh -huh. but <laughs> every year there's one year in particular but i don't want to go into specifics but every year it's the skit night where we go back into our cabins for a short period of time in over a few days and work on putting together a skit to a usually assigned song as like the theme you can act out the 
uh, words or you can you can do whatever you want it is like, a like where my cabin had to do this is very educational material right uh you know very. this is lessons in motion and one year my cabin skit was it goes down in the dms <laughs> <laughs> well we did yg one year so i, I feel you girl um but it's it's <laughs> I see something put on because it's not it shows part of their life and what they're going through and like, you know, the PSA portion of what they want to tell in their skit that night. But then it also brings in humor and a, a, a through line of something that happened that weekend or something that we learned about somebody that we're going to clown on in an all fun, good hearted nature. <coughs> Hooli. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the planning phase and the rehearsing phase, you see all these girls, you know, being so diplomatic and bureaucratic with one another because, I mean, I, girl, why are you looking at me like that, Huli? That's how my group <laughs> works. You know, there are people who naturally want to take that leadership captain director chair, but I felt like I saw my girls work together to like incorporate everyone or, you know, try to have to curve somebody who's micromanaging in a very delicate way. And uh, I thought it was, it, it's graceful to see them work and what they end up coming up with. And then how it comes out on stage with just so much more fire than I thought when we were rehearsing. And we just, and the hardest thing about watching Skit Night is that nobody has their phones, so you can't record them. <laughs> And it's like, man, you want everybody to see this, but you, you can't, which is also the safe part because people can go all out and they're not, they have nothing to be self-conscious about. They have nothing I'm to okay worry. With that. They have nothing to worry about the future of it coming back. So they get to just, I mean, they really get to just come and show so the, good. you know what, up. Yeah. And I, the, so Skit Night's my favorite, yeah. one of my favorites, because also it's a performing art and that in and of itself is therapeutic. Yeah, I, I think that it's so important. It's so fun. And yeah, the hardest I've ever laughed is definitely, definitely during some skits. Now, um, Huli, one of the things that is hard to even think about is what's happening to the community right now with COVID-19, right? Like a lot of the girls we work with are invisible because everybody's at their house, right? They're not out able to come to the retreat. They're not able to come to Echo. They're not in school right now. They might not be working. What resources are available through youth mentoring for our girls? And how can, if people are listening, people that every single year jump on Amazon and send granola bars to the retreat or like hoodies, how can, what should people know and how can people help the most now? That is so good. Um, yeah, it's just so surreal, right? And everything and every aspect of what we're all going through, it just doesn't even seem possible that we would be going through this. But of course, unfortunately, as is um, on trend, um, those communities that are the most underserved are the ones that are being totally left behind and nobody is acknowledging 
the hardships that these families are experiencing because they're lost their jobs, so they can't pay rent, or you know, family members are, are ill but aren't getting the kind of medical attention that they should be getting. Um, and just the, the isolation, and some of our young people also are at home with in an unsafe environment at home and they can't get away. And that also is just so, it really makes you feel like, um, it's a very helpless feeling. And, uh, and so what we're trying to do for our community um, is to have uh, different, uh, you know, um, activities to do with us. Uh, there's always echo, and that is to me something that, if you know a mentee that's hurting, bring them to echo. Uh, they don't have to speak. They don't have to do anything. They can just sit with us. And I think sometimes that is a lot of the healing that we all need. It's just to not be alone, just not to be alone. And Echo um, is oh right last Friday of every month. Yeah, and you're you virtually now. Yeah, um, absolutely. We still are doing Echo last Friday of every month. Um, we do it through Zoom, and it's it works. You know, it just we have been able to pivot all our programs on Zoom and it still works. The magic is still there, except the retreat. Um, but springtime, ladies, that's what we're aiming for. So clear some time. Kathy, you too. I've been wanting to invite you for so long. Stop having babies so I can invite you. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the um, so we do echo, it's where young people can come and talk about whatever they're talking about. We had an incredibly powerful echo uh, right as the protests for Black Lives Matter happened. And it was, it was so important. It was just so important to witness uh, the bravery and the anger and the, the resiliency of um, our young people and our mentors. And I just, I'm just in awe of so many of our young people including um, Miss Janie's pool, who I just admire so much, and Verena and um, my Alexis and Jasmine, y'all are freaking warriors in this world. And I love and appreciate you so much. Um, but we're also doing like open mic nights. So, um, you know, we, this, uh, we're doing a Halloween themed open mic. So if everybody can come together and just have fun and I'm gonna be wearing a costume, so if you're gonna join us, I expect nothing less, just so you know. Um, we have game night. And these seem like frivolous things, but it's an escape for our young people because they're stuck, you know? They're in school, which is crazy to do online, and then they have their family and screaming and craziness, and you know? So to be able to just have a moment with, our peoples, our tribe, it's so powerful. Um, as far as what our um, supporters can do, um, you know, obviously 
funds are always necessary. Um, uh, one of the things that um, we have been pretty successful in doing is Giving Tuesday. It's uh, it's after Black Friday and Cyber Monday. There's Giving Tuesday, so that's an easy way to remember it. And uh, it's a campaign that we do on Facebook um, to raise some funds, and it's amazing. It's worldwide. Um, and uh, it's, it's very powerful to feel like the entire world can come together to do something. And I would really just encourage people um, to come and participate in these programs. Uh, we're gonna be needing mentors very soon. Yes, even if you're like in Jamaica, we can work with you because we're doing the virtual thing and uh, it, it will be very worthwhile. Um, and then also, you know, if you have access to therapy, uh, free therapy, uh, I think that's incredibly important as well. I know it is. We work with an organization called TETSI uh, that is really good and they will like come to you and uh, be able to provide you the help that you need. Um, uh, and, you know, if jobs. <laughs> Jobs are always needed. Our young people are desperately trying to find jobs. And of course, with so many companies and, um, you know, uh, just everything closing down, it's been very hard, especially for youth of color. Um, so if you happen to have a place where you could hire a couple of people, that'd be amazing. Um, food. I know that we have found uh, food is uh, actually doing pretty well because of the LAUSD is doing a pretty good job at providing food. And there are some other resources that we have. But if you can think of these kinds of things that, you know, low rent um, housing, amazing. Um, if you know people in LAUSD who could just <laughs> approve our MOU with them, that'd be amazing too. So it's, it's much more on the level of just um, not so much like things, but opportunities, opportunities for our young people and their families to be able to uh, just survive at this point. I wouldn't even say, uh, you know, thrive. We'll get there again, we'll get there and we'll always be there for our, uh, for our young people and I, have no doubt that this generation is going to change the world, um, but they need opportunities to be able to do so. Indeed. Holy, thank you so much for bringing this amazing tribe together. I really am just losing it right now, looking at the faces on the Zoom, because usually I get to spend four days nonstop talking it out and trying to change the world yeah. with these powerful women. And we get one podcast episode right now, but um, I'm so glad that everybody came together. Uh, two things before we wrap. One, uh, I want to open it up to the group as we close out. If anybody, um, you know, has anything they want to say, you know, talk smack about Huli or uh, chime in about the retreat, anything else they want people to know. And then two, because we do have a couple really powerful poets on the phone or on the line, 
I was gonna see if anybody would close us out with a poem or two. So you can you can raise your hand in the chat if you're willing to do a poem, but um, I'll open it up. I know Britt, well, you dropped offline. Anything you want to mention about your experience with the retreat? Yeah, well, I mean, the retreat is really truly just this magical, wonderful, wonderful otherworldly space. And I know as a mentor, I'm grateful for it because just the whole organization of YMC, and I think this was mentioned earlier, but just echoing off of the sentiment that it's really a place where you can show up and be yourself. And if you're not, you're almost like, you'll, you'll feel uncomfortable because you're like oh, showing up as my authentic self. And um, going back to my first year as a mentor at the retreat, I know that was kind of my biggest learning lesson and like pain point for me was like being able to be a thousand percent myself and then be supported by a community of women and girls who also feel that same way or we're trying to get the girls to be that same way. So I think that's really where the power is because the world it will definitely tell you who you are or try to and to have a space in a community of people who are so openly open-heartedly able to receive you as who you are or help you get to that space i think it's invaluable and um yeah i just i love this community and i will always be a part of it hopefully but it's very powerful in that regard for sure i would like to throw some shade at huli please oh <laughs> <clears throat> i knew right away that i was going to be committed to youth mentoring before i knew anything about the program before i met any of these kids because i met huli and I was like, crazy sees crazy, right? And I'm like, we have the same last name too. And I was like, I don't know what I got to do, but you know, I'm gonna mess with this girl. She gonna, she's gonna be in my tribe. And I, you know, to go back to what Britt was just saying about being able to be yourself, I am, you know, I know that I'm an unusual person to a lot of people. I'm convinced that I am not in this dimension singularly. I feel like I'm, my spirit is in multiple dimensions at the same time. And nobody ever made me feel weird. And, and, the, and the kids, you know, gravitated toward this different energy. And it was always, I thought that I was doing this program for them because I have experienced trauma that they have. And I'm like, let me teach you about my mistakes. But the growth that I have had in this program and where it has led me today, like where I've come with my mental health journey and with youth mentoring, I am now experiencing joy on a daily basis. And I think about these girls and it's like, you know, there were so many pressures growing up where it's like, you want to be successful, you want to do this. And I, and I learned recently in a, in a spiritual journey that I took where it was like, joy really is the most important thing. And not talking about being happy, you know, like finding a job that makes you happy. It's like experiencing the joy of living. And I don't think I'd be able to get here to this place without youth mentoring and, um, you know, were great. As a matter of fact, my mentee just texted me a minute ago and was wishing me happy birthday. I'm like, how do you even remember? I don't even remember my own birthday. I love you so much. And, um, you know, I also want to, um, you know, pat myself on the back too, where, um, you know, in, in a behind the scenes way, youth mentoring has helped me with my sobriety too, where I am going to be celebrating a year and seven months here in a couple of days. So yes yes yeah yes. yeah youth mentoring Good. works even for <laughs> the adults <laughs> my sister 
I love you so much, Victoria. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you all. I mean, it's not just the program. It's not just the kids, but like every single one of you women, I've got the hardest mad girl crush on every single one of y'all. It's just, I don't know how I got so lucky. Okay. I, I changed my mind. We're going to do this. I'm going to go around the room because I want to hear everybody's voice one more time. And uh, we'll do one word that you got from the retreat, or if you've never been to the retreat, just from today. All right, let's see if this works. Get ready, everybody can just throw off their mute right now so they're ready to go. Uh, okay, Huli, what's your one word? Profound gratitude. I did two words. You did too. <laughs> you haven't been to a retreat, but you can give some mentoring love. And you're on mute. Kathy. I've been missing out, Huli. All of these beautiful women, I don't know how you've kept them from me, but it has to stop. I will be there the next one. I'm ready. I'm ready. Victoria? Complete. Nova? Full circle. Maida? Love. Danny? Magical. Janice? Life-changing. Rip. Authenticity. Marina. Love. Kat, what'd you get from today? Beautiful. Alexis. Spontaneous. Jasmine. Amazing. My word would be heart. All right, now I know I can, I feel pretty confident I can make Janice do a poem. I don't know if I can make Maida do a poem, but uh, Jay, will you at least bless us with a little something to close it up? Yeah. You can I, do my I, favorite I, one again, if you want. I mean, my feelings wouldn't be hurt. That's the one I, uh, I'll share. Um, before I share it though, I know I came late, um, but I am bummed. This is, uh, the first retreat that hasn't happened for me in like 10 years. So I've been um, since I was 15 and I'm 25 now. So it's definitely been, yeah, soon to be 26. I know. It's exploding all over the Zoom right, right now. Like, yeah. yeah well, does that mean world or two? In my head, no, because y'all have always been like these amazing, um, so much knowledge lives in all of you. So I've just, again, uh, it's been life changing to be amongst um, women as like the mentors who have kind of helped carry me and guide me to where I am now. Um, and also like the relationships I've built with um, the girls over the years and just the sisterhood. Some of us are, are parents now and, and doing amazing things. So, and to see like the next generation of girls coming through the retreats and also like building that same sisterhood is amazing. Um, 
So yeah, I, I am bummed that it's not happening, but here is a poem um, that I wrote for the retreat that we've used um, as like the, what do we call it? What do we call it, Holy? The, um, I knew you were gonna ask me. Yeah. Our theme, our theme, our theme our anthem. Anthem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is it. I, I vow to carry courage when fear comes. I will turn my struggles into triumphs. I will turn my wounds into power. After every fall, I will rise like every sun I see. I am divine and filled with resilience. No challenge is too great for me. I am strong and worthy. I will find and speak my truth even if my voice shakes. I can and will fulfill my dreams. I can and will reject anything that says otherwise. Wow. I listen to that one. Again. I know. And I, I, I posted that on my Instagram uh, if anybody wants to hear it again. Oh. I always call it I Vow to Carry Courage. Uh, that, uh, that first line always sticks with me. And, um, and uh, I, I love you, Janice. Thank you so much. I love, I love all of you. And yes. this was the next best thing to having a real retreat in real life and hearing that we're, we're planning on spring and yeah. I everybody that has stuck with us this long um, now is potentially interested in getting involved and in being a mentor at Youth Mentoring. We said it's not a cult, but maybe it is a baby cult. <laughs> um, and, uh, there's a lot of joy, a lot of love and a lot of heart. And if you have been thinking 2020 is a rotten, terrible year, well, come hang out with us and we're all in it together, right? Always. Um, I personally, Julie Pilot, I have said this, it, you're like a mantra in my head. All good things come from Julie Pilot. It just, it just is a fact of my life. And Julie, you have given so much to this community and our friendship means so much to me. You are a, a phenomenal light of power and just like, there's nothing that stands in your way. And I look and admire you so very much. And it's such an honor to be in the Idea Fountain. I can't even begin to tell you how much this means to me and how much this community means to me and to be able to see all of your faces. I'm gonna cry. <sighs> well, I love you and I appreciate you. And if anybody needs me to get anything from Kmart, I got all you. I'll go to the run, okay? Uh, thank you so much. You're the best Sabona lady. Yabo Sabona. Yabo Sabona. Thank you, Julie. Love you. Thank you, Idea Fountain. Oh, I love that crew so much. Thanks to Huli and everyone from Youth Mentoring. We'll make sure you're connected to the organization. Just check at the Idea Fountain on Instagram if you'd like to support or get involved. There are now three seasons of Idea Fountain life-changing interviews available now. I really believe so much everybody matters. I only feature guests on the Idea Fountain who have changed my life 
in some way. And every episode sort of serves as a tool to help connect you to your purpose. You can subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms and stay in touch. Thanks so much for listening to The Idea Fountain and have a good day.